Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome back to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is September 6th. I'm James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. All right. And that makes four of us today. Today, Ben is uh, unfortunately not going to be able to participate in the podcast, but that's okay. Summer has has officially ended as far as school is concerned. We've got uh, kids back to school. I doubt that any of, any of our kids are still at home. Everybody's back to school, right? Back to school. Yep. Yep. Back to school. And lamenting the fact that they're now sitting in a classroom instead of enjoying their summer break. Uh, which brings us to today's topic summertime fun. What did we do during the summertime when school was out before school began to enjoy ourselves in the summertime? Honestly, James, before I start talking about the fun, I, the first thing that pops into my head before the fun started was the five-by-five-foot squares that Dad would put out in the orchard for us to weed. So these these five-by-five-foot squares of sticks, and inside that area had to be weeded, you know. And yeah. He'd move, he'd move the squares around, and then, you know, you'd have to clear out that that space. There, there was always some kind of, you know, a list of chores to do before we were allowed to just hang out and play. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But... The, the play thing was um, it was always building forts. For me, that was the big that was the big thing. There was just so much scrap hanging around the property that there was always forts to build, um, and I, I could never get enough of that. It's always doing it. So the forts would start out in the haystacks. We'd build tunnels through the haystacks, and then and then we would ladder up into the rafters of the barn, and then we'd continue the forts into the truss system of the barns, you know, and then. And then, you know, one way or another, the forts would end up down into the alfalfa field, and you'd, you know, you'd tunnel through the alfalfa, and those would end up into the treehouse at the back of the field, and, you know, and, and then you've got the treehouse, which was yeah. awesome. I mean, the treehouse was, it was an incredible, uh, the ultimate fort, really. Right. Now, that treehouse was pretty amazing, and uh, I think one of these days we'll, we'll dedicate a podcast discussion to the treehouse in and of itself, um, mm-hmm. I, I remember it very fondly. And I do remember building forts. I remember that um, all of the structures on the property lended themselves very well, especially you know just different piles of building materials lended themselves very well as places that you could hide under. But at the same time, as fun as that was, we were always, always on the lookout for black widow spiders oh, and yeah. uh, wasps. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the wasps here, where where I live here now, wasps build their little honeycomb nests up high. They build them uh, always above head. I never find a wasp nest down low. But mm-hmm. on our property, the wasps' nests were down low. Same honeycomb nest, but down maybe a foot, two feet up off the ground under some board somewhere. You go, you flip a board over, and inadvertently disrupt a full nest of wasps 
Next thing you know, you're getting stung. And, you know, what do you do about that? Yeah. I, I witnessed you finding a nest under a board once. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You were doing something, and uh, all of a sudden, you just started running around in circles, hopping up and down, slapping yourself all over the place. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> you came inside, and you've been stung uh, quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah, those, uh, uh, first, um, I'm glad to hear that my pain contributed to your uh, entertainment that day. Uh, <laughs> and second of all, I remember, yeah. I remember one of mom's friends was, was visiting, and she had brought her kids, at least one of them, my age. And we went out, and it was summertime, and we went out and we were playing uh, in this old abandoned blue car, an old sedan, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Um, the same car that we took to the hospital that one time when I when I put my arm through a window, but it was abandoned at this point. No one had been driving it, and we were in there playing, and uh, there wasps had built the nest inside the car, and we we must uh. and they started swarming us, and I I knew what to do. I knew I knew to run, but my friend was like he was freaking out, just swatting them. He's sitting there. Finally, he. He realized he had to run and get out of there, and he, he got stung a lot. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I, yeah, she never brought they were up. They were so common on the property, the wasps. And they were, they were so common, in fact, that um, it, it was much later. I was, I, was grown, I was a grown man, and I was visiting, and I was with Dad, and I remember going through the barn. It was the middle of the summer, and he was carrying uh, he was carrying some water or something for the hogs back at the property. And he got swarmed uh, by some wasps, and they were stinging him as both of his hands were occupied with these uh, you know buckets of water, and they were stinging him on the neck. And you know I'm, I'm backing off, and and he. He proceeds to pour the water into the trough for the hogs, and he's talking to the hogs as he always did, you know, talking to them. And then we're walking out of the barn like, Dad, you, they're attacking you. It's like, yeah, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> that was it. These are like real wasps stinging him on the neck. He's got welts on his neck. Yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I was pretty amazed, actually. That's a true story. He did That's- not even flinch nothing he just kept talking to the hogs no big deal yeah that's tough stuff yeah but anyway well we have uh we have a particular bush on our in in our yard that the wasps absolutely love because the leaves are they dry up very nicely and uh my guess is make the absolute perfect pulp for them to build their nests with mm. and this bush is constantly swarmed with wasps these wasps don't attack. They look the same as the wasps did growing up, but you can get close. You can, I mean, you can put your face right down in this bush. They just buzz around your face. No big deal. They're doing their business. No big deal. But the wasps that we grew up with, you got within a foot of their nest. You got in a, within a foot of them, and they made an absolute beeline to any yeah. exposed skin and started attacking. Oh, yeah. Much different uh, disposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. not sure. fun. Not fun. No. Um, remember that old boat? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the boat that was, I mean, I, I don't know that it ever got repaired. It was, yeah, it was a rowboat. And I remember, I remember many times trying to tip it up so that we could make a fort out of it. Mm-hmm. Never did have the strength to turn it over, which was probably pretty fortunate because I remember dad bringing me out. He flipped the boat over and pointed to the spiders that were living down there. And there were a lot of them. And that was the first time I had ever seen a black widow spider. He pointed to it and he said, these are black widow spiders. They're very poisonous. If you see one, come and tell me. And this, I mean, the entire underside of this boat was populated with multiple uh, spiders and their little egg sacs. This was black widow heaven. So it's probably a good thing that I never did get that boat flipped over. I wouldn't have known any different. A spider was a spider back then. You know, ah, spider, you know, step on it. But uh, these would have been a different animal altogether. Now, one of my favorite things to do in the summertime was to go to that irrigation ditch that was at the end of the lane across the street behind our mailbox. You remember going to that ditch and with a mason jar and catching as many pollywogs as we could? Oh, that's true. The tadpoles that lived in there? That was a big deal. Oh, that every summer. I so I look forward to that. The, I caught him in the ditch um, just on the other side of the bridge, not at the end of the driveway. It was uh, Mr. Brown's ditch. So he had polywogs as well? Oh, thousands of them. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I do need to clarify one thing. I remember distinctly in college using the word polywog and getting blank stares. So for anybody out there who doesn't know what a polywog is, it's a tadpole. If you don't know what a tadpole is, it's what becomes ultimately a frog or a toad. Right. So, okay, enough of that. But I don't want anybody listening to have a blank stare on their face going, what the heck are they talking about, polywog? (laughs) But I remember being so excited to go into that ditch. I mean, you go to the ditch and... All there would be is a bunch of, of the that jelly with the little black spots, which were the eggs, and oh, it's too early. There's no polywogs yet. And then we'd go back every day until the polywogs had hatched. Then we'd grab them and spend the next couple of weeks watching these polywogs transform into toads. Yeah. I loved awesome. that. Yeah, that was yep. cool. Yeah, that was a big deal. We we got a kick out of that, didn't we? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was every day seeing how they were, you know, transforming. That's right. And and they'd get bigger and bigger and, and yeah. you'd go out one day, no change. You'd go out the next day and there's this, these two little nubbins yeah. that weren't there before kind of emerging out the back of the polywog where the tail is. And you're like, oh, there come the back legs. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember that one of those. Cool. It was cool. I remember one of the most tragic, um, tragic uh, uh, episodes was a min- one of those little bitty baby toads that we had grown from a polywog uh, got left on the hot metal of a swing set. Yeah, uh, the a slide. I think it was a slide. Um, just one of those play sets, and the toad got left up on top. And didn't move, and as the metal heated up, it just cooked. Oh yeah! You know, we went out there a couple 
I don't know, hours later, um, and there it was, all cooked to a crisp, sitting up on top of the slide, and I was devastated. <laughs> I was just devastated. I was like, oh, no, we cooked one of our toads. <laughs> I remember that, but I don't remember being devastated about it. I just remember being fascinated at how it had cooked so fast. <laughs> well, I learned a few things. So that there, there's a tremendous amount of truth to that old um, uh, saying that uh, if you want to boil a frog, put it in cold water and gradually heat it up. Yeah, they don't move. They don't move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're just content to be in a nice warm place and enjoying just sitting there and it gets hotter and hotter and then it's too late. You know, that, that does remind me. Do you remember that prototype Dad built for a um, – it was a roaster. It was a solar roaster. Yeah. Do you remember that? It had a it had a, a spike through the center, and then it was this – it looked like a large, you know, those old-school satellite dishes. And yeah, I remember that. It material, and it would reflect to the center at the very tip of this spike, and you could put a piece of meat on the end, and it would start cooking. Or at least that was the concept. Did it work? No, no, it didn't. It just got warm. (laughs) (laughs) It was a prototype. I I remember that. I remember that being such a cool project. I mean, that was one of the summer, um, you know, fun projects of trying to get meat to cook on the end of this prototype that Dad had. (laughs) It was a dangerous prototype. I mean, it was this really long spike out of the middle of this thing. It was always sitting out in the middle of the, you know, driveway somewhere. You could. Couldn't fix scrambled eggs in it either. No. no. <laughs> that sounds like you tried. We tried cooking. I tried. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, we tried cooking everything. Didn't Just got things warm. Yeah. <laughs> One of many prototypes on the property. Dad had a lot of prototypes. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I, he did. I always admired his um his prototype for uh, the bottle nipples for feeding goats. Yeah, it was a great one. It was it was a fantastic idea because it had the uh, it had the secondary hole to allow for yeah the vent hole to allow for air to uh, pass into the bottle while the milk was passing into the goat, and right. you didn't get that that sloppy squirt bubbling you know, uh, mess that all nipples have now. Right. Um, I know he tried to get that patented. He, he ultimately found out that it had already been patented because of the existing patent. He was not able to get any manufacturing rights, but he was, you know, he was proud of the fact that he had thought of this on his own. Uh, I, I think it may have deflated him a bit when he found out that it was an idea that already existed, but But it did work. Yeah, it worked. You know what? You remember the other prototype he had? I don't know if you call this a prototype, but it was a repurposing of refrigerators, turning them into um, smoke smokehouses. Yeah. A little smoker, yeah. Smokers, yeah. But you just had to get through the first few rounds of uh, smoked meat to get rid of that toxic um, rubber <laughs> taste. That was, you know, you just had to. You had to burn all that out. And then, you know, then it was decent meat coming out of there. But well, those first few batches of, of goat jerky that we made out of those. Yeah, I think ultimately he he stripped out all of the inner, inner uh, all the inside 
to get rid of that taste. Uh, yeah. At some point, he had to. I don't think the taste would have gone away if he hadn't gone in and ripped everything else out. Right. Because first he just, yeah. you know, he put a chimney in the top of the of the refrigerator and went for it. Right. Now, uh, ironically, I just saw an episode of um, on BBC of Gordon Ramsay's uh, cooking show where they converted an old British three wheeled car into a smokehouse. And I'm watching this show, and I'm thinking, we did that with refrigerators 30 years ago, you know? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. But the the bicycle, speaking of summers again, and summer oh, yeah. fun, that, that old blue bike, and this was an ancient bike, Dad had fitted it with five seats. So it was his seat, and then there's all five of us boys – we each had our own spot to sit on this bicycle, and then he'd ride it up and down the canal bank, and that was that was huge. And it would, we'd usually do it on Saturday evenings. That would be the the Saturday, the weekend event um, where he'd take time out because he was a workaholic, always working. But he would take time out and um, take us for a ride out in the country. That was huge. Yeah, we we really did remember, get a kick out of that. Yeah, I remember riding all the way down to the Dougals on that bike. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah, all, all, all the way down. I was on the seat, was on the middle bar, right underneath the the uh, steering right. panel bars. Right. I was just <laughs> wired there. Yeah, there was always there was always exposed wire hanging out everywhere. I mean, it was really jury rigged together, but it worked. It did. It worked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I remember those bike rides. I remember we'd you know we'd hit a bump. And uh, I was on the back, and every time we'd hit a bump, I could feel the, I could feel the uh, fender scraping on the wheel. Yeah. You know, I could feel that that scrape friction under my butt, and I'm thinking, mm, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, a big that deal with your kid, though, because I remember, you know, all of us were on that bike, all of us, with just dad powering it, you know. And I remember thinking, man. This dude is strong. How is he doing this? You know, you know, he'd never breathe hard. He would never sweat. He'd just cruise right along with all five of us on that thing. Yeah, yeah. And of course, driving along the canal bank, there was never any threat of, of running into traffic because nobody drove on the canal bank. Right. Um, so, I mean, I suppose the only threat was that we might topple over into the canal. And I I do distinctly remember a couple of times him doing the little wobble to give us all a little bit of an adrenaline rush as we headed toward the canal, and then he would correct it and come back to the middle of the lane. I think he got a real good kick out of all of us stiffening up, wondering if we were going to take a plunge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of taking a plunge, I I know that it it doesn't sound like it could be all that much fun, but that watering trough swimming pool that we had was fun. That was it was it was what I mean I think at most you could get uh, eighteen inches of water maybe was it two feet deep oh, no, do you think no. it, it was at least two and a half right two and a half feet yeah. deep. Yeah, I I remember being very adept at 
getting a good leap off of that deck into mm-hmm. that pool, landing just right so that I wouldn't hit the bottom of the trough too hard. The impact wouldn't be too hard, you know? Right. Yep. And uh, I remember some of the stupidest things that we used to enjoy doing, getting into that, that tr- trough, and all of us start kicking around, moving in the same direction, and trying to create this massive whirlpool in the middle of the trough. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Fast sometimes that, uh, that, that all the water would be on the side. Yeah. Remember that? It would be, it would be shallow enough so that if we ran around fast enough, it would empty out the middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. So all the water was pushed up, you know, the centrifugal force. <clears throat> push all the water to the sides. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was good fun. Just before you say, and then we we then we'd start running the other direction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, switch. <laughs> and you're you're fighting against the force of the water, and you're just conquering against the wave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to any observer, that must have looked that would have looked so pathetic. But boy, did we have I, I good imagine time. it. Anyone seeing that would have said, what are they making those kids do? <laughs> Why are they making them do that? <laughs> until, I mean, until they saw us that we were having fun, but, you know, that's, that was, that did look a little strange. Uh, I mean, it, it, it would have looked strange to an observer, I suppose, but uh, for us, that was an absolute blast. And it was nice because that trough warmed up fast. All that direct sunlight, hardly a cloud in the sky. Uh, me, personally, I had to be careful because my skin would burn. It always has. It's always going to. I'm never going to have a nice tan. I have come to peace with that. But <laughs> Joseph, Joseph got the tan jeans. Man, you'd go out summertime. And not just Joseph, but primarily uh, Joseph was the one who, within days... My, you were just tan beyond brown. Uh, brown, an amazing tan. Yeah, yeah, and you weren't out any more than the rest of us. You would just get completely brown. It's amazing. If I ever get cancer, it's because I tried to get as tan as Joseph, <laughs> and it just was impossible. Well, you know, I'm, I'm fair skin, so I can tan a little bit, but there's just I was the limit was. Was there with Joseph? There was almost no limit. He would just get darker and darker. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, it was amazing with your red hair that you tanned at all. Yeah, I yeah. get a tan. Yeah, it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest combination I've ever seen because people with you know flaming red hair are not supposed to get tan. Right. So it's an interesting mix of genes that we got from mom and dad there. Um, but yeah, Joseph. You would just get brown. Yep, I was see that summer. I remember that summer. I don't think I wore anything except those tight little Peter Pan shorts the whole yep. summer. I mean, I was I was barefoot. I just didn't wear anything but those shorts, and I I jumped in that pool every day. So it got washed. I got washed. I take them off. He <laughs> 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 had the most perfect tan line in the world is you guys but no one would ever see it <laughs> that's right i remember that tan line 
it was like somebody had taken a, I don't know, a, a two different skin tone Barbie dolls and put them together to put your legs on and torso on. And the only thing that was not, that was not dark was that, that uh, thigh. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. No, I, I uh, you know, in fact, um, as a treat for listeners to the podcast, we'll put up a picture so you can see what we're talking about. Um, and yes, in that picture, I fully admit I am the whitest of the white. Uh, couldn't get a tan to save my life. Still can't. Uh, but yeah, that's me, the white one. And Joseph is the, the dark brown one in the middle. So enjoy that photo. It's, it's a classic. <laughs> I was convinced that I was uh, part Indian. That somewhere along the line, mom's ancestors were Indians somehow, and that I was an Indian. Yeah. And um, that's why I was going to grow up and be an Indian and kill bears with a fork. That was my that was my chosen path in life. <laughs> Is that what you were running around with? Nothing but uh, nothing but shorts that entire summer. <laughs> yeah, I was practicing. You were practicing. Yeah. Do any of you guys remember um, the other swimming hole? That being the the uh, the far end of the pasture. The way the water would collect, and there was that low point at the end of the pasture when we would irrigate. Um, it would collect in that one low end, and then it'd sit in the sun the, all day. Uh, What's that? Underneath the tree. Well, it, yeah, it's at the top end of the, the of the of the orchard, but at the bottom end of the pasture, and the water would get as deep as a foot, and oh, yeah. we would go swimming in that foot deep water, and it didn't matter what was in that water. We had cattle out in that pasture too, you know, oftentimes, and we'd be out there in all of it, and that water would get so warm, and you know, we'd be like sitting in a in a sauna. Right there with the cow patties. It didn't matter. It's, yeah. I, I look back on that, and it's just, what were we thinking? It didn't matter, though, because it was just so warm. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, remember get, I remember laying in it right next to the cow patties, everything. It's just all right there, all in the mouth. It's just feeling so <laughs> warm. It was just so comfortable. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a um, kind of a, a hole. Not not a, a hole, but more like a, a deep kind of depression. I don't I don't know where what happened or why it was dug. I think it was dug for garbage by Stegemeyer, but it was a, kind of a hole at the at the corner of the property where the treehouse was. Yeah, and it and it could be filled up with water. It normally wasn't, but we we probably begged Dad to fill it with water from the ditch once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, we could go, but that was dangerous because it could go well above our heads. Yeah, yeah, that that was that would have been. Uh, I, I think he refused to do it. I don't remember him ever filling that up for us. No, he did once. Oh, did he? He, did. he filled yeah. it up once because I remember um, garbage remnants from when Stegemeyer used it as a dump. Yeah, I remnants floating up to the top. There was uh, you know just debris and such coming up to the top. But I remember he letting us go in there with him, and we were swimming in this. It was just like. Uh, that was a that was a big deal because it was like our swimming pool, right? It was like a little pond. Yeah, and it was deep. Yeah, and when the water died down, it was just a mud pit. Yeah, and we had mud fights. 
Oh, speaking of the mud fights, oh, when the orchard would get wet, you know, the water would overflow out of the field down into the orchard. We loved that. Yeah. Because we'd be out there for hours just throwing mud balls at each other. Yeah. Head to toe covered in mud. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember enjoying that to to no end. Oh. But yeah. it was kind of a clay silt and it was very good for rolling mud balls. Oh yeah, perfect mud balls. And they didn't hurt from too a, bad. From a canal cuz they, they dig out the canal every year and dump it. And right. and uh, it was really silky mud that we could get from that. It smelled like carp, but you know. That's right. Mud. Yeah, we didn't care though. It was the idea that we could throw mud at each other and completely get plastered in it. The part I did not look forward to was the hose downs afterward. Right. No, no coming into the house looking like that. <laughs> Mom would get out the hose and just. Cold water hose down, head to toe, and you'd stand there just freezing. Oh, yeah. That part of it I didn't like. But, uh, no, there was always an abundance of mud, dirt, dust. I remember um, when the weeds in what, what became the backyard, before it was a backyard, the weeds would get about, I don't know, about two feet tall, and they would dry up and become the perfect weapon because you grab a handful of the weeds, yank it up out of the ground, and the weed roots would pull up with it a big clod of dirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you would just, that's right, you would swing that around and whew, right off at somebody, and the weeds would create the perfect tail on this projectile dirt clod that would just Boom! Slam into as somebody's you, face. As you're saying this, I can I can feel the roots and dirt hitting the side of my face. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that happened several times. Oh yeah. <laughs> or the top of your head. Because remember the bombs that you could throw. <laughs> you got lucky, just chuck it up in the air as hard as you could, and it land right on top of somebody's yeah. head. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was <laughs> always a lot of fun to get those things because you, with tremendous amount of accuracy, just nail somebody with those. And they would explode in this cloud of dirt on impact, you know, so there wasn't this big mass that would do a lot of damage, completely disintegrated on impact, but... You get, oh, I remember getting up just a mouthful of dirt once. I can't remember which one of you nailed me, but it was square in the face, right in the mouth. Mm. <laughs> taste the dirt. <laughs> oh, I can taste the dirt to this day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that those were that was, that was fun. Enjoyed that. So one of the best things I remember, and it, it was kind of a process through summer, was the different fruits that would ripen out in the orchard and we'd have cherries and then peaches and then plums. And then finally, um, late, late summer, early autumn would be the apples. But I just remember, you know, always being able to go out in the orchard and grabbing some fruit and eating it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that fondly. I remember the fact that each one of us was assigned a specific tree. Um, and you know, dad put a, uh, uh, 
a nice cement ring around the tree, a watering ring to you know retain the water around the the tree when we watered it, and that that cement ring had our names in it. I remember our names and our and our handprint. Handprint. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I remember before the rings, there would just be um, kind of a moat of of dirt hedged up around the tree to hold in the water, and we would fill that up with the hose, and we just do every single tree in order, or you know individually. And I remember digging holes into the hedged up dirt and watching the water flow out of my tunnel and packing it up again and yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it with uh with um buckets of water oh that's uh, right oh just by the time i came around we had the hose that we could stretch out there but i remember you guys having to do it with buckets that's yeah. right we would fill a bucket and we would walk it over and we would dump it and water the trees I and mean, just to procession of carrying buckets out to the orchard to keep those trees alive worth it though because that, that was that, that is a very nice memory to uh, just have all that fruit during the summer yeah i remember we tried planting uh strawberries do you remember the strawberry yeah, patch in the, yeah, I remember that. in the garden patch where we had the garden no out in the orchard uh, yep. yeah. yeah we had strawberries planted between some of the trees i remember clearly um, Opa and Oma were visiting. They had come up to visit, and <clears throat> Dad had instructed me to go out with Opa and pick some strawberries. So I'm sitting there with my bowl. Opa's sitting with his bowl, and he is picking every strawberry, the ripe ones and the ones that are not ripe. And I kept telling him, no, those aren't ripe. And he was getting more and more upset at me every time I tell him, no, that, that one's green. That one's not ripe. And he would he'd be like, you leave me alone. <laughs> it's okay. And his, his bowl was basically full of, of all of these unripe strawberries that he, he was just completely shredding these plants. And, I had no clue why he was doing that. I found out later on in life that he was red-green colorblind. Uh, what? <laughs> he had no clue which ones were ripe and which ones weren't. He just picked them all. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I found that out, that he was red-green colorblind, it answered a lot of questions about his... Not only his strawberry picking habits, but his driving habits. Right. <laughs> he, boy, I tell you, uh, <laughs> he was an interesting driver. Anyway, that's that's topic for another time, I suppose. The big cherry tree at the very end of the orchard was was my was my tree. Yeah. Right. And George James was a that big apple tree in the middle, wasn't it? That's right. I had an apple tree. And John, you had a plum tree. Yeah, plum tree. I had a plum tree too, and and in fact, I have a connected memory between watering those trees and Star Wars, because that's what we were doing on a on a I think it was July or June afternoon when someone ran out to the orchard. We were watering the trees, and someone said, "We're going to go see Star Wars. We're going to go see Star Wars," and we were so excited. We dropped our buckets and we just ran. <laughs> 
back inside, and we were off to see Star Wars, and that's one of the best summer memories. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Do you guys remember seeing Star Wars? Oh, yeah. I, I remember... I remember that too, David. I don't know if I was in the in the orchard, but I remember getting in the Beast and driving to Karcher, to Karcher Mall Theaters. Ran out and said, "Hey, we're gonna go see Star Wars." Okay, sounds like it. I remember Dad didn't go with us. I remember he had stayed home and worked. Yeah, and then Mom took us to see Star Wars. Yeah, it really just opened. It opened my eyes and just blew us away. You know. Yeah. That's the first movie I remember seeing in a theater. I don't know if I'd ever seen one before. I don't remember. I don't either. Um, some other really fun summer movies I remember seeing was uh, Jungle Book. I remember uh, right. going a summer afternoon to see that. Right. I, I remember that uh, precisely the way you do, being out in the orchard and then running off to the movie that afternoon. So unexpected. And, and for me, watching that movie, it was so out of context from, you know, what our lives were seeing Star Wars. Um, yeah. I remember leaving the theater so uh, I was insisting that it was reality. I, I just, I could not accept that it was a movie. I just wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I would not accept it. And then I was in love with Princess Leia. You know, I just couldn't get her out of my head. And, and uh, that was, I have to agree, that was a really big memory. Um, as a kid during the summer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember very much uh, after the movie thinking, I'm just like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I live on a farm and I want to go away. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember just just like this, this, this secret desire for my own personal Obi-Wan to come and tell me that I had great things ahead of me and was going to take me and train me. And, and, oh uh, yeah, I remember that. That was my, that was my fantasy to, to <laughs> my to fantasy. Like, my Luke's fantasy. Was, yeah. Mine was to have his hair. <laughs> we were all bald. We were all shaved <laughs> down to the skin. Remember? That's right. We all got those. Butch haircuts. <laughs> I remember, I was just, oh, I wish I could have feathered hair like that. <laughs> I didn't even know what to call it then. It wasn't even feathered hair, but I just remember seeing his locks blow in the wind as he was looking at the two suns in the sunset or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> I want hair. Yeah. 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 That was a, man, that was a major movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and we take, uh, you know, uh, let's face it, we take special effects and all that for granted now, but that movie was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It was so far beyond anything else that was out there and anything else that had been done, or that we had seen anyway. Uh, man, yeah, that's a great, great memory. Wow. Well, another favorite memory I have uh, from The Orchard while we're talking about it every summer we would go to those trees, and instead of looking up in the tree, we'd look down at the ground, looking for those black pellets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those black pellets told you that, all right, somewhere above this little scattering of black pellets is a large caterpillar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we're going to find those caterpillars and we're going to get those caterpillars and we're going to put them in a bucket. And, uh, man, we would spend, uh, you know, of all the chores we had, I enjoyed that chore of, uh, just plucking those caterpillars out of the tree, keeping them from chewing the leaves down and ruining those trees. Big green ones. Big, huge green. I mean, those the bodies of these caterpillars were at least a half an inch wide. Yeah, as big as my fingers are right now. Oh, oh yeah. Half an inch wide, at least four inches long. Beautiful green. Yeah. Oh. They turned into the, to the, uh, the yellow and black... Uh, butterflies uh but these caterpillars were green just this this very very rich green color and they were they were very juicy oh yeah <laughs> and the chickens went wild for these oh yeah oh yeah we would take those buckets of caterpillars toss them into the chicken coop and watch an absolute chicken frenzy yeah those chickens would go berserk yeah yep. um and the eggs the next day, uh, the, the egg yolks on those eggs were not yellow. They were the, <laughs> the richest, deepest orange you have ever, ever seen. I mean, the eggs that we that we get from the store today, those eggs are nothing compared to the eggs that we used to get from those chickens. Yeah. Feeding them those caterpillars. Yeah. Yeah, that was a favorite activity, a favorite, a chore I did not mind doing. Well, gentlemen, we are out of time. And uh, I've had a really good time. It brought back a lot of good memories. You brought up some things I did not remember. And, and uh, oh, this has been good. We didn't even scratch the surface. There's just uh, keep going forever on that. I know. I know. At some point, we'll, we'll have to go back. And, and uh, for all of the topics we've been discussing, we've, we've scratched the surface. We've covered a portion of it, um, which... Uh, is kind of nice because it means that uh, we'll be able to continue doing this for some time. I hope that uh, I hope it um, I hope it'll go on for a long time because it's been a real pleasure for me to have these these uh, reminiscing discussions. And uh, I have to admit, um, one of the benefits of doing this is the permanent record that it creates, the permanent. Um, historical and anecdotal stories that we have that, you know, if we're, if we weren't doing this, where would these stories be recorded? Um, I'm not much of a diary keeper. I don't know. Maybe you guys are, but, uh, I can't imagine a better way to, to make permanent the memories that we have. Right. And, and like you said, um, there's stuff that, that we remember that, you've forgotten but now you remember and it's out there and it's recorded whereas before it would be lost yeah for now we'll go ahead and call it an evening good night good night good night good night